This is Brain Diet, episode number 10. I'm Taylor Ann Macy, and you are listening to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain good information. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. You guys know that I share information for the benefit of your mental health, right? This is the Brain Diet podcast after all, but today I want to actually talk about diets, the what you're eating and how you're eating diets. Because in my practice as a life coach, I coach people on weight loss. And it is obviously a subject that comes up that is very emotionally charged for people. So I wanted to address today the topic of diets and really explore them a little bit and explore what they are and how we help ourselves or hurt ourselves with them. Now, I've talked about in a past episode my background in fitness and nutrition. It's something that I'm very passionate about. I have a formal education in that field, and I have a lot of fun with everything in that realm. I think that learning about the body and the way that it functions and different ways to fuel it is incredibly fascinating. So it's something that I study often and try to pick and choose the parts of all of it that work best for me to apply to my lifestyle. And it's been especially relevant as I was diagnosed with neuromyelitis optica, NMO, last year, where I'm exploring how diet and lifestyle can have more or less of an effect on that condition. And when my diet and my lifestyle can be such a determining factor to whether I help with this condition or make it worse, I find it pertinent to learn everything I can to give myself every advantage, right? So when I initially start working with clients that want to lose weight, there's usually a dialogue at some point about what I do in my program and what type of diet it is. Or they'll say, I've tried this diet and this diet and I had success but gained the weight back or I didn't have success at all. I hope you're not just trying to sell me another diet or some people will show up and say, okay, what's the diet? Give me the macros, the recipes and tell me what to eat. And part of what I market is a free guide called the diet that has nothing to do with food, which if you're interested, you can go to my website, taylorandmacy.com and download it. It's free. But with all of this talk of diets that I encounter, I wanted to do an episode on it to talk a little bit about what diets actually are and how we relate to them. Because in addition to the talk of diets that I do with my clients, I've seen a whole lot of talk on social media about canceling diet culture and how diet culture is killing our self-worth and how awful diets are and all that kind of thing. There's kind of a villainization of diets that's going on. And like I said, I mean, the title of what I offer does feed into that idea a little bit. It's called the diet that has nothing to do with food. So it kind of got me thinking about all of the emotions and beliefs that we have around diets and what we make them mean. I saw a quote on Instagram that said, 
your mom had slim fast, you have keto, give your daughter freedom or something like that. And people have a lot of emotions and opinions about diet culture right now. So I think it's really something that is important to address. But if we were to define diet, it's essentially a way of eating, whether it's something that you have learned or simply a protocol that you lay out for yourself, it's just a way of eating. And a diet creates more awareness because you are actually paying attention to what you're eating. And because of that, because that awareness requires more mental energy, our brain is inclined to reject that because our brain is constantly trying to be as efficient and energy conserving as possible. So paying attention and using those extra calories to pay attention can be uncomfortable. And that can be one of the reasons that people will reject diets or stop, stop following them because paying attention is just too much work. The second thing that diets can do is remove the option of overeating which causes the reason that you're overeating in the first place to come up. Now, our bodies need a certain amount of calories to function. And our bodies have been built with a system to tell us when we're hungry and when we're full. Now, when that system, that system generally works really well when it is unencumbered by processed foods. When we're consuming foods that are processed, our body isn't able to register calories the way that it can with whole foods. For example, if you were to drink a Mountain Dew that had 300 calories, it wouldn't register the same way that 300 calories of apples would register in your body. So with processed foods, it can be more difficult to get an accurate sense of hunger and fullness. But what we often do is, though we may be feeling full, we overeat to compensate for unwanted emotion. So when you start a diet and you stop overeating, you stop compensating for that unwanted emotion and all of that unmanaged emotion comes up. Whether it's something like anger or irritation or something like fear or sadness or even something like boredom. It doesn't even have to be a intense emotion. It's just an emotion that isn't managed and it's one that we prefer to avoid, right? So in the diet world, there are generally two groups of people. The first are some people who just lack knowledge with nutrition and will use a diet to gain knowledge and have massive success with it and can maintain the diet for the rest of their lives because of the knowledge that they've gained. But for other people this other group, they know generally what types of food are fuel for the body versus foods that aren't. Those are the ones that are often eating emotionally and managing their emotional lives through food. And those people can have success on a diet temporarily, but will not have success when they go off the diet. And that's where this blame game comes in of blaming the diet for lack of success or blaming the diet for why they feel so emotionally awful. And sometimes those people will start diets and find all of the loopholes to allow them to still try to push away their emotional lives and hopefully just white knuckle their way to weight loss. And it's like 
with counting macros, how people will try to eat 100 calories of chicken breast and then 1,900 calories of processed foods, you know, Pop-Tarts. I know that's a big one for people just because technically it fits into their macros. And I want to be really clear here. Those diets or the diets where people are paying to receive and eat only powdered foods and bars or that are drinking only powdered liquids or even those liquid fasts for extended periods of time, you know, any of those replacement food type diets, those types of diets I do believe are completely unhealthy. I don't believe that there is a place for those really. Those aren't the diets that I am talking about in this podcast episode. I am talking about diets that are based in whole foods and are just ways of eating whole foods. With those diets, the whole foods-based diets, this is the most important distinction. People think that when they experience negative emotion while on a diet, that it is because of the diet. But like I mentioned earlier, in reality, what is happening is the negative emotion is coming up from not overeating and from not compensating for those unmanaged emotions with food. The diet is simply revealing what's already there. And this is a huge, huge difference here. When we change the way we eat and then experience negative emotion, it is not because of the food. It's because of everything happening in our brains. And because people misunderstand this, that's where this vilification of diets come in. I hear women say, I just started to hate myself and was feeling miserable on this diet. And then this is where the diet becomes the villain and we are the victims. So screw diets, right? And I think it's really worth questioning if that is useful or helpful. And that's why I believe that approaching weight loss and your relationship with food first from a mental standpoint is so much more helpful and effective because it solves for the cause of why you're overweight or why your relationship with food is what it is as opposed to just the symptom of the weight or the symptom of the relationship and treating it with another diet or with another way of eating. And I think too, it can be useful to look at it from the space of if diets are the reason that I have a horrible relationship with food or diets are the reason I can't lose weight and keep it off or diets are the reason I hate my body then that is really disempowering. That means that if something outside of us is causing all of that drama in our minds that has so much power, then we therefore would have no power over it. If we blame the diet and say that diets are bad and diets are the problem, we aren't taking responsibility for ourselves. And that's actually the best news because once we can get out of that victim mindset of diets, that is when we can stop giving all of our power away. Because what I want to offer is that diets can be great tools to learn information about your body. Like if you were to try a vegetarian diet and learned how your body felt without meat, or if you were to try a paleo diet and you learned how your body felt fueled by those caveman era foods, or the same thing with eating gluten-free or Whole30 or any of those 
protocol type diets, you could really learn a lot about your own body because our body tells us what is going on by the symptoms that we feel. So if we can learn to interpret our body through experimentation with different fuel, we can learn a whole lot about how to best care for ourselves on an individual level. And using diets as a tool to tune into the wisdom of our own bodies, I think can be extremely valuable versus hoping that diets will change what your body is trying to tell you. And some diets out there will prevent you from tuning into your own body where you're either constantly eating all the time and you're not ever allowing your body to experience hunger. And what I want to offer is that hunger is simply your body telling you something. And it's not necessarily a problem to be solved. People may go on diets and they start to panic when they feel hunger, like something has gone wrong. But allowing your body to feel hunger can be extremely valuable in tuning in to what your body needs. Hunger is just a physical sensation. True physical hunger is not the feeling of restriction or deprivation or withdrawal. So when we talk about how diets can make you feel physically, sometimes people will say, well, I just feel so restricted on this diet or so deprived on this diet. And we seem to believe that deprivation is an involuntary feeling brought on by the lack of food. We confuse, however, deprivation with hunger. Because deprivation or restriction, they are feelings that we create based on our desire. So the more we desire something, the more we feel deprivation when we think about not having it. And desire comes from how we have taught our brain to think about food and not from physical sensation. So with that then, people will say The diet restricted me so much that I binged or I overate because I felt so deprived. And this right here, my friends, is the diet mentality. This is the mentality that dieting and weight loss are a matter of willpower and white knuckling your way through a program until you, quote, finish the diet. Willpower and white knuckling your way through anything will always deplete you. And that is why people quit. Managing your weight and your relationship with food will never be sustainable with willpower. Depriving yourself of experiencing the emotion of having an urge for something while simultaneously depriving yourself from a specific food, say sugar, if that's what you're depriving yourself from, that is what using willpower is. That simultaneous deprivation of experience. Depriving yourself of the emotion as well as the food. And that is what drains willpower. It's not the diet that's causing you to run out of willpower. It's your unwillingness to experience the emotion that's coming up as you abstain from something. So then the problem isn't the diet, Rather, the problem is the diet mentality. And the diet mentality gives all the power to the diet to be the solution. But in the same breath, it gives all the power to be the cause of failure as well as feelings of deprivation. And I want to offer that that is very disempowering and kind of leaves you at a loss. 
Another problem when it comes to diets is the idea that when you go on a diet that it is temporary and that you will go off the diet at some point. A diet that helps you lose weight is probably a diet that would help you sustain that lower weight if you were willing to stay on it for the rest of your life. So if you are trying a diet with a finishing line in mind, it's worth really questioning your motives and reassessing what it is that you want for yourself. So my suggestion to you is to stop vilifying diets and start looking at your own role and your weight and your relationship with food in relation to your mental health around food. And I want you to look at what has worked for you, what is working for you now, and maybe what isn't working. Examine what you can learn from diets and see them as an opportunity to learn as opposed to them being something to blame. Because ultimately, diets aren't what works. You are what works. You are the one learning about your body and you are the one that knows your body best and you are the one that is experiencing your own emotions. And ultimately, you are the one that creates all results in your life. So that's what I want to encourage you to do. And the free guide that I offer goes right along with that is right in line with that. That's why it's so valuable because it puts the ball in your court. So if you're interested in downloading that, it's called the diet that has nothing to do with food. You can find that on my website, like I said, and I hope that that would be helpful for you. I promise it could be if you allow it to be. And if you look at it from the perspective of wanting to start solving the problem, to start solving the cause and not simply the symptom. So that's where I'm going to leave you today. I hope that this has been valuable. Thank you for listening. Have a great week and I will talk to you next time.